A hearty hello and welcome to you. This is the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Blevins. The Carolina Hurricanes took things to the road, taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning Thursday night. Despite a scoreless first period, the Hurricanes drew first blood on Justin Williams' 300th goal in the NHL as he slammed a rebound shot off of Dougie Hamilton's snap wrister by starter Andre Vasilevsky to give the Carolina Hurricanes a 1-0 lead. Peter Mrazek pitched a sterling performance. However, the shutout bid would be broken in the third period as Andre Palat capitalized on a power play opportunity. Greg McKegg would take a penalty late in the third period, giving the most vaunted power play a chance to give the Lightning the lead. And Braden Point did exactly that on a one-timer, beating Morozik, giving Tampa Bay a 2-1 edge. Point would add his second goal of the night, capping things off with an empty net goal and giving Tampa Bay the win 3-1. And the Carolina Hurricanes will take this one as tough as it might be to swallow, and we'll have to have a quick turnaround as they take on the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night at 7.30 puck drop. This is the Bar Southeast Podcast. Thank you for bearing with us as we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I've been off traveling uh, with the North Carolina State Wolfpack, their football team, and a catastrophic loss in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And the basketball team has started ACC play as well, 1-1 one one after a win against the University of Miami and a tough loss against the University of North Carolina. Good to be back covering the sport that I love most, though. And the Carolina Hurricanes, on a five-game win streak coming into tonight, and I'll be honest, I thought this was going to be a lot worse than it was. I did not expect Carolina to win this game. I didn't expect it to be anywhere close, and I certainly didn't expect it to go down the way it did, but there are a lot of positives to take out of this hockey game despite the result. And this is where, if you're the Hurricanes, you're going to have your resiliency tested in a critical part of the season as we move forward. If you've followed the podcast for any amount of time, we talk about the dog days of the season, December and January. We're, we're in them. We are in them. These games that go from game 35 to game 55 or 60 are tough to play because this is where hockey starts to be a little less fun and a little bit more like a job. And the Hurricanes have thrived in this environment, win against Philadelphia, win against Columbus, win against Ottawa, win against New York. This has been a team that's been on fire and has been trying to climb out of the standings hole that they're currently in, and tonight it hits a roadblock. And that's all it is right now, just a minor bump in the road, because you don't take any points out of this, and you get the chance to respond against Buffalo tomorrow. We'll dive into what exactly went on tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But first, as always, we like to give you a trivia question that we will give you the answer to at the end of the program. The trivia question tonight is, which NHL coach is the most recent member of the 600 NHL Win Club? Which NHL coach is the most recent to reach the 600 win mark? We'll have the answer for you coming up at the end of the show. Where do we really begin tonight with the Carolina Hurricanes? I think it's most pertinent to begin with the major breakdown. We're going to go from the biggest negative to some of the positives. 
the breakdown tonight is late game penalties. Those are, prove so costly this evening. And the unfortunate thing about it is it's two guys that have been so sharp for Carolina recently. Andre Svechnikov and Greg McKegg, who scored two goals in as many games coming into this evening's contest. Svechnikov's penalty, as Trip Tracy remarked, is a little ticky-tack, but by definition of the law, he gets his stick parallel to the ice in the waste area of the Tampa Bay Lightning forward, hauls him down. I don't care if he's built like a tank, a brick house, or a beast, as Trip Tracy said. By letter of the law, that's a penalty. And an 18-year-old rookie hasn't earned the right to get away with that like, say, a Sidney Crosby or Steven Stamkos would. And it's a tough call because it leads to what really is the toughest goal to swallow of the night. And the reason that goal is so tough is because it's not one that anybody can really do anything about. Yeah, Peter Mrazek might have overslid a little bit on his initial challenge, but that's a bouncing puck. It feathers, it oscillates, it does all sort of weird things, and Andre Palat just works it into the net. Sometimes teams that are the top of the league just get a little bit of puck luck, and it goes in the net. And the Hurricanes still at that point had the opportunity to battle back, show some resiliency, and it, it just didn't get there after that goal for the Hurricanes. And that's the one that kind of made you go, oh no. You kind of knew what was coming. You could kind of feel it mounting. The Hurricanes had played a very strong brand of hockey. They were taking Tampa Bay's game and shoving it right back at them. It was hard fought. It was a good game up to that point. And I think the way that goal went in deflated all of the energy. Peter Mrazek had to make save after save after save in the third period. He was under siege for the entire final 20 minutes, did the best he could. And then you go down, and this is the one that I'm going to say probably could have been let go. By no means do I believe that the officials determined the outcome of this hockey game. Tampa Bay is the better team. On paper, they should have won. In practicality, they should have won, and they did. But this is one that Rod Brendamore is probably going to have a very legitimate gripe about. He had been all over the officials all game long, and I'm not sure it helped his case in the late game. But Greg McKegg takes an elbow up toward the chops from Alex Kalorn. He turns around and gives him a tap on the calves. And that's the one that gets called because it's the retaliatory penalty, and off Greg McKegg goes. Greg McKegg, young player, up from the AHL, hasn't earned the right to get away with that yet. And that's something that the Hurricanes are going to have to fight for, is the respect they feel they deserve. Nobody's going to respect a team that's this young yet. It might come in time, and the way the Hurricanes have been playing to start out this new year, they could earn it rather quickly. But not yet. The McKegg penalty turns into the Braden Point power play goal that turns into the game winner. And that chain reaction happens in the last 10 minutes of this hockey game. And it feels just so cold, heartbreaking, and sudden that that's the way it goes. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a well-oiled machine to this point. They are built to be a Stanley Cup contender. That power play 
is one of the best power plays we've seen in a long time. This is a vaunted, potent power play unit. And Braden Point is leading the charge on that. He's got 28 goals after the two he scored tonight, including an empty netter. What can you say about that team? And we'll take a look a little bit later on at why the Tampa Bay Lightning are built for success the way they are. And we'll analyze their lineup. The good news is the Hurricanes do still have positive to take away from this month of hockey. Very rarely does a team go undefeated through an entire 30-day calendar month. And it's obviously not going to happen now for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's the way hockey goes. It's one of the reasons it's such a great sport is it is, in all practicality, impossible to be perfect. And yet, the Carolina Hurricanes still have guys that are playing a solid brand of hockey. Greg McKegg was once again on the ice for the Justin Williams goal. Justin Williams is on a five-game point streak right now. Dougie Hamilton was getting the puck to go in the net and starting to find his way as an offensive defenseman for this unit. And he was actually the one that started the final flurry on a slap shot from the point in the final two minutes of this game. Andrei Svechnikov was starting to roll a little bit more. Michael Furland is coming back after the concussion and getting back into his own element again. This is a team that is starting to rev back up. And that's really good news for what comes down the pipe. And we'll look at the schedule a little bit later. But there are still a lot of positives. And the word of the day tomorrow is going to be resiliency. Do you have the ability to bounce back after what by all accounts is a tough hockey game and find a way to beat a Buffalo Sabres team that while good is beatable? The Sabres have been dropping off recently. And it's expected with a team that is relying so much on younger hockey players. But they're still a skilled group of guys. And Jeff Skinner is having arguably his best season since his Calder year winning rookie year. And you're going to have to find a way to stop it. The Sabres are still a good team but beatable, and then you're going to get more winnable games down the stretch. Let's step outside of the scheduling and go back into the heart of this contest and talk about a guy who I think could eventually be a long-term solution to what has been a major issue for this Hurricanes team for the past handful of seasons, and that's Peter Morozik. If you want to put this loss on any player, and I don't think it's fair to, there's one guy that should be excluded from the conversation. That's Peter Morozik. Plain and simple as that. Just go back and watch the saves he made on the third period. One that stands out to me is an even-strength opportunity for Tampa Bay just shy of the midway point in the third period where Tyler Johnson gets camped out about two steps from the top of the goal crease. Pass comes in toward the low slot area. Johnson hammers a low-driving one-timer. Peter Mrazek is there and makes one of his best stops of the night. And time and time again, I believe it was three or four shots in the third period, that puck goes into the middle of the ice. Peter Mrazek, strong push, challenge. It's not a Sports Center top 10 save, but it's one where he is in such spectacular positioning and plays such a sound brand of goaltending that the puck hits him and doesn't go in the net. And sometimes that's the name of the game in goaltending. 
Sometimes you're not going to catch the puck and get the whistle. Sometimes you're going to have to use your stick, pads, or blocker to put it out of harm's way. And he did that tonight. I thought he played one of his best games as a Carolina Hurricane, and the unfortunate thing is, it just wasn't enough. You put a goaltender under a lot of duress, asking him to kill six penalties, and ultimately, it's the last two that kill you. And it's a hard pill to swallow for him, especially because there have been times where he hasn't been able to complete the shutout bid. And you hate it for him, you really do. Because you want to see a guy like that succeed. He had such a stellar start with the Detroit Red Wings at the beginning of his, his career. And then Jimmy Howard played his way back. Mrazek slips out of the Red Wings' grasp, goes to Philadelphia, doesn't get any type of footing there. And now he's become a journeyman of the league as he finds himself playing for the Carolina Hurricanes, his third team. And I honestly believe he is a guy that, with continued improvement could be a night-in, night-out starter in the NHL. And for this team right now, there's a lot hanging in limbo because he's not signed long-term. And right now, the backup is Curtis McElhaney, who is well over the hump at 35 years old. And it's a tough ask for that to be a long-term solution. But if there's any part of the goaltending equation for the Carolina Hurricanes that could prove to be the long-term solution, it's Peter Morozik. And I do think you've got to give him serious props for the effort he gave tonight. I would imagine Curtis McElhinney goes against Buffalo tomorrow on the back-to-back. And we'll see how this plays with 34's head and what he brings to the table moving forward. When you look at the way he's played, he has pitched some very good games for the Carolina Hurricanes in recent memory even on the win streak that was snapped tonight. And good for him. I would expect this to continue. And Hurricanes fans should probably get used to seeing him because I think he's making a case to be re-signed as a goaltender for the Carolina Hurricanes moving forward. So we've talked about what goes on in the breakdowns. We've talked about the net minding. And, And the projection moving forward out of this is... The Carolina Hurricanes, based on how they respond to this game and how they finish out this month, could be in a position to contend for a playoff spot. Could. Not will, not won't. Could. And that's an important distinction. And I think it comes down to one major thing that the Hurricanes are going to have to fight. And it's one of those things that, in sports... You want to have a fair amount of without having a fair amount of. And that's youthfulness. What I tell any Canes fan I see when I see them is you've got to remember, when you're going through a rebuilding process, you're not really expected to make the playoffs in that first year or two. And this is Tom Dundon's first full year as owner, Don Waddell's first full year as general manager, And they have grown this organization by leaps and bounds. And they have put them in a position where they're playing an exciting brand of hockey, a competitive brand of hockey, and that's all well and good. But to expect the Hurricanes to make the playoffs for the first time in nine seasons this year, 
always felt like a little bit of an unrealistic expectation, despite the additions they made, and despite the tremendous start they had. And a lot of the reason is, they are very young. They are very young, and they're very new. And we've talked about on the show before, whenever you play with new teammates, and no, it's not nearly as valid of a reason as it would be 10 games in or 20 games into the season. Here we are, 43 games in. You're still getting guys that are trying to gel with each other. And it's still obvious that there are some outliers who are having a tough time finding their way within the organization and what their role is going to be on the team. And the other thing you've got to realize is Sebastian Ajo, still fairly young. Andre Svechnikov, very young. All of these guys that are coming up from the Charlotte Checkers that were drafted during the Ron Francis general manager era, they're still all very young, and they're getting their feet wet in the NHL. I can't tell you if Greg McKegg is going to be a long-term NHLer. I can't project that for you. I do believe that Martin Natchez is going to get called back up at some point, is going to be just a brilliant player in the NHL when he matures. And I think there's still something percolating down there in Charlotte with a brilliant checkers team. And it's a lot of fun to see the guys that are one step away from the NHL being successful. And hopefully that leads to success at the next level. But it's a young group. And while all that youthfulness provides a lot of energy, it does not allow you to be the best decision makers because these are guys that haven't had to make these decisions at this speed. It puts you in compromised positions, such as taking a pair of stick work penalties in the last 10 minutes of a hockey game that ultimately cost you two points in the standings. It does. And that's the reality Hurricanes fans are living in right now. It's the reality watching this team. I think the Hurricanes, in the next couple of years, could be right there in the mix. Middle of the playoff picture for the Eastern Conference. Maybe even looking at a Metropolitan Division second place or third place finish. I don't know. And it would be a lot of fun to see the organization rise to that caliber. As it stands right now, if I had to project it, this is about where the Hurricanes are going to be. And if they get on another run like they have been, we could be looking at something a little bit different. Because when we look at the standings board, and we will here in a couple of minutes... You're going to see that if there's any team that's going to make a run in the Eastern Conference, it's going to be Carolina. Bar none. It just is. And we'll see if they will, because they're in a prime spot to. But a lot remains to be seen because of how young this team is. Let's go ahead and turn our eyes to the upcoming schedule with the Carolina Hurricanes. Tomorrow night they have the Buffalo Sabres at home. That will be followed by a day of rest. And then on Sunday, one of those wacky start times, 12.30 p.m. puck drop against the Nashville Predators. That's one I have circled. You really want to have a good showing against a quality Nashville team. And they are a pretty solid hockey team out there in Nashville. Tuesday, you're at the New York Rangers. Then the next Friday, home against the Ottawa Senators. And this is the kicker. Leading into the All-Star break, at Edmonton, at Calgary, at Vancouver, three games, three different cities, four days. That's a stretch that the Hurricanes 
are going to have to prove themselves on. And if you want my recipe for success, I say if you can get wins in all three of these home games remaining in the month of January and pick any two of the road games, New York, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, get wins in any two of those road games, that's stealing 10 points out of a possible 14, that's going to be a success. That will put you in a position to be competitive. Let's go ahead and take a look at the NHL standings. And they look like this in the Metropolitan Division. The Washington Capitals are at the top with 58 points. Pittsburgh behind them, but only just with 54. Columbus, 53 standings points. The wild card positions, both teams at 52 points. The New York Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres just outside of the wild card at 51 points is the Montreal Canadiens. And recall back about 10 episodes, we worried that the Canadiens could be the team to slip out of that playoff picture. At one point, they were starting to challenge Boston and Toronto before Toronto absolutely caught fire. They were challenging them in the Atlantic Division. Of course, everybody in the Atlantic is still chasing Tampa Bay with 70 points. By and large, the best total in the NHL. And then the Carolina Hurricanes are right now sitting at 10th in the Eastern Conference with 45 standings points. The reality of it is that's seven points out of a playoff spot to this point. The Hurricanes do have a game in hand on the Montreal Canadiens, and that's the only team. Everybody else has played 43 games that is ahead of them, with the exception of the New York Islanders, who have only played 42, and the Hurricanes finally got over the hump against the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum a couple of nights ago. So the Hurricanes realistically are fighting an uphill battle. But behind them, Florida, New York, New Jersey, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Ottawa, no team in that list is above 41 standings points. To put that in perspective, the Hurricanes are two games ahead of the rest of the field. It might seem like a fragile margin, but in all honesty, it's pretty solid because none of those teams have been playing impressive brands of hockey. And in the upcoming schedule, you have New York and Ottawa coming up. On the western side of things, the Nashville Predators are at the top of the Central. They come into Raleigh on Sunday. Then the Winnipeg Jets right behind them, trailing by a game at two points. Dallas Stars have snuck into the playoff picture. They're third in the Central Division at 50 points. In the Pacific, and here's the groaner, former Carolina coach Bill Peters and the Calgary Flames lead the Pacific Division at 60 points. Vegas has finally surged and gotten back to their winning ways. They have 58 points, second in the Pacific San Jose in third position in that division with 57 points. The wild card in the West, though, it takes a little bit of a tumble. It's tight, but it's not tight in a good way. Colorado with 48 standings points and Minnesota with 47 holding the wild card positions. The Anaheim Ducks right behind them at 46. Vancouver pushing at 44. Edmonton behind them at 43. Chicago, Arizona, St. Louis, and Los Angeles round out the Western Conference stats. And when you look at what that is coming up, there are winnable games there, especially when you look at Vancouver and Edmonton. From a skill perspective, they're right on par with the Hurricanes. 
Calgary is going to be a challenging game. Nashville is going to be a challenging game. But winnable games ahead for the Carolina Hurricanes. Answer to the trivia question for you. Which NHL coach is the most recent to reach 600 victories? He reached it tonight with the Columbus Blue Jackets. John Tortorella, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who the Hurricanes dropped the game to tonight by a final count of 3-1. to one. We will be on air tomorrow after the Carolina Hurricanes tangle with the Buffalo Sabres. You can catch us, as always, on Twitter, at Bar Southeast. We post all of our episodes up there. Until then, uh, excuse me, <laughs> until next time, this has been the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Blevins. Hope you enjoyed it.